Broads, your pets are here for you no matter what, which means they deserve only the best. They're part of the family after all. If you've got a cat at home, then this means you need the best cat litter, which means you need Pretty Litter. These days, Pretty Litter is the only cat litter we use. My favorite fact about Pretty Litter is that it looks out for the health of our cats and it alerts us when something is wrong. Um, Pretty Litter's crystals actually change color when they detect early signs of potential illness, so you can take any steps necessary once you figure out something's going on. On top of that, Pretty Litter is ultra-absorbent, so odor is trapped instantly, and it's lightweight, dust-free, and doesn't clump together, which means you're going to be doing a whole lot less scooping. Who doesn't love to hear that? Once you try Pretty Litter, it's the only litter you'll ever use. Go to prettylitter.com slash chatty to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash chatty to save 20% on your first order. prettylitter.com slash chatty. Okay, so we were just about to start the podcast. (laughs) There's breaking news! (laughs) There's breaking news, because apparently there is a reality TV show, like a competitive reality TV show that's coming out on Fox, where these people are going to have to face the ultimate test in a show called... Special By the forces. Way, what's the ultimate test. I to me, the ultimate test is being on The Bachelor. Honest to God, <laughs> that is the ultimate test. You're like, what are you talking about, people? Okay, this cast list, dude. There's a bunch of people, but I'll name a few: Jamie Lynn Spears, Hannah Brown, Jamie Lynn Spears. I mean, Jamie Lynn Spears is now accepting reality TV show castings. Uh-huh. I mean, wow. Uh huh. Hannah Brown. Hannah Brown. Uh, Kate. Goslin, I Kate Gosling's gonna grace my screen again of the famed John and Kate plus eight. I can't wait. I hope she still has the same hair. Dwight Damn. Howard, Montel Jordan, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard. What is this? This cast is. I mean, this is actually like low key a star studded TV yeah. cast. Oh yeah, yeah. Montel Jordan, who's that again? R and B artist. Okay. Um. There's some Olympians, Olympic skier, Gus Ken- Kenworthy, gymnast, uh, Natasia Lucan. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. She's big. Carly Lloyd. Seventh Who's Heavens, that? Beverly Mitchell. <laughs> Real Housewife, Kenya Moore. <laughs> NBA Hall of Famer, Mike Plaza and Dr. Drew. What? Dr. Drew is compl- competing? Oh, oh, my God. Spice Girl, Mel B. Wait, Mike Plaza? You mean Mike Piazza? Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza. Shows you how much I know about... Oh my gosh. The MLB. <laughs> what? This is... And Dr. Drew is competing? Doctor, I'm like, Dr. Drew, he's like... He's I, not hosting? I don't think so. Wow. Dr. Drew's like an older man. I mean, granted, he he I always he see him fit, in the gym, right? you know what I mean? But like Mel wow. B, Hannah Brown, Jamie Lynn Spears, Kate Goslin, wow. Kenya Moore. Wow. Dwight Howard. I mean, this is this is wild. Wow. Well, I am quite excited because, you know, I'm kind of back on my reality TV bullshit. I, I personally love competition shows like this. Like, they're kind of my favorite. Love. Okay. Can I can I give you a suggestion? Yes. 
Okay, Brads, before I give you my new reality TV suggestion, let me tell you one of my biggest pet peeves, okay? One of my biggest pet peeves is going through my spending at the end of the month and realizing I spent money on subscriptions I forgot I ever even signed up for. Or, okay, let's be honest, subscriptions I signed up for to maybe get a free trial that then I forgot to cancel or even worse, couldn't figure out how to cancel. It's literally money down the drain. Well, there's a reason that those companies make it difficult to cancel your subscription and even find out how to cancel your subscription. It's because it works for them. They make more money that way. But Rocket Money will help you get your subscriptions under control. You'll stop wasting your hard-earned money on subscriptions that you don't need Um, because that can really drain... That can really drain you of cash month after month. The Rocket Money app shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and then handles canceling the ones you don't want. Literally, all you have to do is push cancel and they do the rest. No sitting on the phone with customer service or trying to reason with a sales rep. Just one button and you're free. Get rid of unnecessary and unwanted subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash chatty. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year that's rocketmoney.com slash chatty always i had not watched this even though i had seen like all the posts about it but you know the show that blake horseman was on all star shores where he met giannina oh my god i binged it's on paramount i binged that show so fast and i was so into it it is the cast on this. So it's uh, people from all like the different shores. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, you know, Jersey Shore, Angelina. They have. Really? Yeah, they have like uh, a different like like Rio. Um, they have uh, uh, one from the UK. So there's all these different people from the different shores casts. There's Vanjie from Drag Race. Um, you know, Giannina Love is Blind. Blake. There are Less Some Love is Blind people like. The cast is incredible, and the show is like if you were con- to combine the Jersey Shore with a competition show, like <laughs> uh, like the challenge. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like the real world and the challenge combine. Yeah. So during the evening, these people party their faces off. Yeah. Like they are getting trashed yeah. from day one, and they go hard okay they go so hard and it is so much drama because everyone is just absolutely belligerent yes there's major romance going on obviously blake and giannina oh yeah there's that whole story they're still together it's been like what like nine ten months at this point yeah things are working out with them but then it's a competition show so they have all these like these like crazy um different challenges that they have to do and if you don't win you get sent off to this one area where they like it's horrible. They like put you in the middle of nowhere. You have to do these horrible. Like it is, it's studded with wow. excitement and drama. And wow. it's, I highly recommend it. I binged it so quickly. Interesting. Binged it so quickly. You know what though? I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I don't know if, cause I was going to watch F boy Island. Cause I really liked season one. I was going to watch season two. I have to say I'm a little over that style of show. I'm really, have you, you still haven't watched Indian matchmaking. I know I need to watch watch Love on the Spectrum. I'm kind of more into these higher, like both Indian matchmaking and Love on the Spectrum are kind of like these higher quality, like uh, production shows. And the dating is very like real. And so I've really been enjoying those because you're like, I feel like I'm getting a sense of this person as a person, you know, and I'm like, oh, who could they match up with? They're both Netflix shows, (sighs) right? Yeah. Netflix really crushes the reality. Did you see the one where people 
do do the same first date with like five different people. Yes. Same similar style production where you're like it's so really good. getting a peek into like the real life kind yeah. of thing. Very similar production, okay. high quality, just like I need to very because good. I did start watching Selling the OC. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so funny. I was just listening to a podcast today where someone was talking about it. Well, I've watched a couple episodes of Selling Sunset. Totally get why people. It's funny because it started out as like an HGTV style show. You know what I mean? I where they were like actually selling Sunset, and then it turned into a full fledged full. reality and show. I, and I totally get why people are super into it. Like it's yeah, you know, drama. The homes, all of that, the luxury. But I just never locked in. But then my little sister was like, you know, my my family lives in Orange County. So my little sister was like, like, you need to watch this with me. And so I started watching it, cut to me, it being three in the morning, and I'm watching like all these episodes, and I'm like so caught up in selling the OC. It's also all the real estate agents are like 33, 34. Mm -hmm. So these people are like all in my graduating classes. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, do I know you? (laughs) Like, it's very much like that. Probably some of the people buying homes too. And the drama is exceptional. Top notch. Exceptional. It's also fun when it's like a place that you know too, you know? Yeah, it's fun. But then it also is like, I was getting stressed out watching it because they were revealing certain like smaller cities in Orange County that I would like hope hopefully one day to move back to potentially yeah. I'm like don't show that yeah. <laughs> people are gonna see it and I want to be able to afford that <laughs> like stop enough I'm stressing out or like different oh restaurants I like and I'm just like no I can always get a reservation there yeah yeah alas alas but hmm. uh speaking of when I was in Orange County can I tell you this last weekend I guess now it's been two weekends since we're recording this a week in advance. Yes. Um, can I tell you about a moment where mm. I... I have something interesting to tell you. Continue. I felt so much... Don't let me forget. I have something to tell you. Okay. I won't let you forget. Okay. I felt so much shame in my... <laughs> I felt so much shame in my youth just coming back to me and my my preteen insecurities. Oh, no. I was at the community pool at my mother's home. Mm-hmm. And I was there with my mom and Ember and my grandma. And it was pretty crowded, so a lot of the chairs were taken, but there was a table and it's, you know, a four-seater table. It's not very big. Well, all of a sudden a group of at first about five 13 year old girls come in and without even looking any of us in the eye and we're sitting at the table, they throw all their stuff onto our table. And you guys are sitting there at the table. We're sitting there like chatting and they throw like, you know, they got, they're, they're preteen. They got their backpacks, backpacks, their their clothes. Yeah. They had come in on electric bikes and they just like throw all their shit onto our table. Like to the point that when one of the girls pulled her top off, she threw it and it landed on my lap. And not one time (laughs) did they look up and acknowledge our existence. And then they all jumped in the pool. And then a group of 10 more came in and the girls in the pool go, our stuff's there. And the other 10 girls throw all their stuff onto the table. Not one <laughs> acknowledges our presence. Are you guys just sitting presence. there like looking at them? 
yeah, I'm in shock. At first, I don't say anything because I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And then Becca. At a certain point, you've got to just like look up and be like, uh, I, I was looking at them. Going, I, 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 you were literally looking and no one's paying attention to you. Yeah. That's, well, later I okay. got more drastic. But when that happened and then they jumped in the pool. You were like a 12 year old inside that was getting left out. You're like, why didn't you guys invite me? I was consumed by it. It is eating away at me. My mom was like, are you ready to go? And I'm like, no, because I wanted them to leave and have to get their stuff so that I could like say something because my 13 year old self, I've shared before. I'm like, I wasn't mm. like, you know, I didn't feel like I'm like, oh, one of the unpopular like kids the or like bullied, but I definitely wasn't ever in like the popular group. Yeah. And I did feel in that age in my life, I was very, um, with people very like introverted where I didn't share a lot. So I think I, I felt overlooked a lot mm -hmm. and I wasn't acknowledged a lot. And it came flooding rushing back, rushing back. Yeah. My blood pressure was through the roof. And so they're just swimming there and I'm staring these 13 year old girls down, yeah. just like ready to have a confrontation. And then they, they're after like, you know, 45 minutes, they're going to go get some burritos or something. So they all come back and there's again, now, now they're like all 14 together around the table, table, grabbing their stuff, putting their stuff on. No one's looking at me. I'm not joking. I'm inches away from one of them, waving my hands like this back and forth going, yeah, hello. Not even a glance. <laughs> like I was never truly invisible. more insignificant in your life. I was so insecure with a bunch of 13 year old <laughs> girls. <laughs> and my mom looks at me and she goes, God bless you, mom, but made it way worse. Cause my mom goes, this is what happens when you get older. You know, the youth, they just overlook you. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> so what happened? You're waving just no one notices. No, you don't acknowledge nobody. And then they all leave on their electric bikes. And I was loudly in front of them going to saying to my mom at this pitch, mm -hmm. I cannot believe that not a single one is even looking at us right now. Like that's how loud I was saying that. And nobody was acknowledging it. And I, and by the way, I'm not over exaggerating this at all. It was, I felt like I was in the twilight zone. Oh, I believe you. And I was just like, the insecurities were pumping through my veins and I had to like, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I had to like actively stop yourself from crying. <laughs> no crying. <laughs> but I had to actively be like, okay, your daughter's sitting here too. Cause I wanted to go off. Yeah. Like, and also what, but what are you going to go off on? Like go off once, not, not to them, oh, but yeah. to my mom. Yeah. Be like these entitled, <laughs> da, 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 like, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I had to actively be like, Jessica, these are children. <laughs> and they're probably just scared of you. It definitely wasn't that vibe. No. It was it was more like, you know what? I had to have like be filled with empathy where I go, this is parenting. Maybe <sighs> they don't get attention at home. Maybe they just sit and stare at their phone when they're at home. Whatever it is, maybe their parents. Maybe they're fucking spoiled ass maybe brats. They're, yeah, maybe their parents are. It's super. And then, and I was having to like <sighs> calm myself down. And then as we were walking out, and it was a good reminder, as we were walking out the gate, um, my mom held the door open so that these like three women my mom's age could walk in and she stood there and held the door open for them they and they had to you. brush past her they didn't even look at her say thank acknowledge her existence and i was like oh these are the parents like this is the mm -hmm. energy of what this is and they're just kids it's not their fault i was 
it was it was a it was a good moment for me to reflect on to be like wow that affected me that much like that you were triggered that's still in there yeah like that like really insecure 13 year old who felt really overlooked and not acknowledged is still in there oh man <laughs> so weird you were activated oh, i was i was act like beyond activated wow. beyond activated wow and i was like stay calm your kids now this is, you know, a moment where you can have a conversation with your child about like how important it is to make people feel seen mm-hmm. and how that's not a good example of yeah. being like kind and, and seeing people. It's also just fucking rude. Like just don't so, assume oh, it's your no. space. They're and, sitting there. So just say, can we, all you do is, can we put our stuff here? Do you mind? I would have been like a thousand percent kids pile it on up. You'd be like, sit down, have a chat, yeah. girl talk. <laughs> Just like so embarrassing, mom. Be like, can I join? I love your suit, Aritzia Sheen. <laughs> oh my god, that Y2K fashion is in right now. Let me tell you, girl, I was rocking a mini skirt like that too when I was your age. Oh, honey, those platform flip flops. Let me tell you about that. Steve Madden, are those Steve Madden? Oh, that anklet, girl, of course, had a million. Went all the way up to my thigh, bitch. I'm like, we're 13. Leave us alone. Please don't talk to us. Oh my oh. god. And then the trigger too of like when my mom's just like, yeah, when you're older, sometimes you get overlooked. And you're like, how like, can I look 13? Oh, I know. <laughs> but then it also hit me like, oh my god, how often have I done that with an elderly person where I just kind of passed by and when I was especially when I was younger. You're like, L. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's fucking gross. Oh man. So anywho, that was that was my triggering session. On the opposite end, you were feeling insignificant. I have never felt so significant oh my than god. when I was in Portland. I went to this I love this. Let's get this I like I love that. Okay, the, well I didn't love it. But I walked into the Portland flea market, which is like this little craft fair situation, you know, where people sell jewelry and shit. Jess, you would have thought I was the queen of fucking England. The first stand I w- go up to, got these earrings. I'm like, oh my God, I love these earrings. And she's like, we love you. Can we give them to you? And I was like, oh my God, yes. Okay, it wasn't just that we chatted. They were great. Then I like walk 10 feet. This girl comes up. She's like, I know you like bandanas. I'd love to give you one of my bandanas. She's like, I wow. follow you. I was like, oh, hello, hello. And then I see these other girls. Literally, this all happens within like five minutes. I walk past, there's this other little group of girls like, like deciding whether or not to say something to me it was a little overwhelming because i was like guys stop like i'm not like who do you think i am like j-lo like no it's just me but i was like by myself waiting for my other friend to show up and then it it gives you you know this feeling it does give you a wave of anxiety we're like holy fuck for some reason there's like just a lot of people here who want to say hi to me and then gray and i were talking about how like in la literally no one ever says anything to me ever and then it's that weird anxiety. Of like, no one oh says my. anything to anyone in no, LA. No one says any, anyone, anything to anyone. You literally could be Angelina Jolie and people would be like, hey. And be like, um, I think I've seen you before. Like yeah, everyone's, we trying, to one, well, everyone's trying to one up each other. There's like no compliments. You're no. just like, You're like, like oh my on. God. Yeah. You, Brad and I used to work together. Like, sorry, what's going on? <laughs> you know, it'd be like that kind of thing. But except me, I'm like, hello, I'm a huge <laughs> fan. But <sighs> I'm not going to go up to an A-list celebrity and say something because I feel like they're probably so overwhelmed. But if I no, see someone who's like, you know, B, like B to D, who mm-hmm. I'm a fan of. B like, to D to F. B to D to F, like who yeah. I'm a fan of. Yeah. I definitely will go up and be like. How much of a fan do you have to be? 
for me to say something. Yeah. It kind of just depends what mood I'm in. Yeah. Sometimes even if I'm not that big of a fan, I'm like, oh my God, loved you in such and such. Yeah. I want to let this person know how I feel about them. Yeah. Well, it got me a little anxious because then there's that thing that you and I have talked about before where you're like, oh my God, like if we're out to dinner and we're like arguing or something, it's happened to you. Yes, then <laughs> So much like, was a Johnny Rods fan as Evan and I were having an argument. <laughs> and then I was in my head the entire time. Like, well, how was I being? I would assume though, if someone is legit a fan, like they're probably just like, in their heads about like coming up to talk to you or something like they're probably not really noticing. That's what I'd like to tell myself. Sure. But especially with the bachelor, it's weird too. I'm like, Oh my God, all it would take is just like one heated conversation in a parking lot for someone to go on and be like, I saw the way they were talking to each other. Huh. And they said, blah, blah, blah. well, and you know, I've told you before I was confronted once in person. Oh my. yeah, dude, that was crazy. That was wild. Real quick recap for people who don't know, just give the gist of it. Oh, I've never shared this. Oh, you didn't talk about this? No, I don't think so. I was oh. I was at DragCon. I, I guess you had told me not no, on the podcast. No, I told you. Because I, I was really shaken up about it. I had been at DragCon with Ember and uh, having a great time. So there were a lot of broads there coming up saying, hi, so sweet. Had so many great conversations. And then I was just like in the bathroom with Ember and like someone tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around and they were like, are you Jess Ambrose? And I'm like, yeah. And this person like confronted me about something I had said on the podcast in a really intense manner. Very aggressive way. Very and aggressive. Ember was there. Ember was standing there holding my hand. And then when the person walked away, uh, and this was like borderline finger in my face, like really intense. And Ember was standing there and Ember almost started crying because yeah. she was like, mommy, are you okay? Who was that? Because Ember has no, she's like, no, Some, it's a stranger who didn't like something you said and was going to give you a piece of their mind. Like it was really what intense. The fuck? Which is which which never happens by the way. No, like typically never. It's always like, you know, any negative energy is always going to be online. And I've heard huge people talk about it too and be like, "No, I've never had any like no. negative interaction with anyone." No, this was like a like IRL confrontation and I was not expecting it. Psycho, dude. And I was like shaky for the rest of the day. It's so such and a then I was choice. hiding. I was hiding from this person. I was like, because I, I every once in a while would see this individual around it's drag such con, a, and I was like, it's such oh a fucked up move too, though, to see your like young child with someone, and not only yeah. that, but to know that you're enjoying the day with your kid, and then to be like, oh. I mean, that's so jarring for someone to like confront you like that. Not to mention like high, like intensely criticize you about something related to your work. Like imagine just choosing to say that to someone like just choosing violence and saying <laughs> that and knowing that it's going to be like rattle you and also probably rattle your child for like the rest of your day when you're just trying to enjoy a oh, fun little outing. Oh, yeah. Ember was very negatively affected by yeah. it. And normally if anyone, if like, again, this was the only time that that had ever happened. Anyone who ever comes up is always so lovely yeah. and also so kind to Ember. And yeah. always is like, oh my God, I ever, she feels so good about it and feels seen. So then to have this was like, it was so interesting how it changed her perspective on my work yeah. because normally it was always like, mommy loves her work podcast. And after that confrontation, if I, there would be something in the house that she could see on my face that I was stressed like, about. Is no, it, she'd be like, is it the podcast? Oh my God. And she was like fully then tuned into that. Yeah. It was, it was wild. Anyway. So yeah. But I so, would have taken that heat from those 13 year old girls instead of being ignored. 
At least because yeah, I would have cared. That's what I'm saying. This person certainly cared about you enough to tell you something to your face and make it. I mean, yeah, I wow, love you what a too, ballsy baby. move. What a ballsy move. But this is what I was going to say. How crazy is this? So, yeah, that was funny. That was interesting. I was like, wow, I'm just being like gifted like a queen. Like, wow, please give me more earrings and bandanas. Yes. My, some of my favorite things. Um, but Gray and I, so we went to like this, it was, we didn't have like a wedding, but it was like sort of like an after party thing that we got invited to. They had like a really small ceremony, whatever. So I'm like dressed up for that. Then we go, they're like the venue's closing. So you have to go to a vent, you know, like somewhere else after. Sure. So everyone's like, oh, let's go to this bar. I didn't want to walk to the bar. I was like a half mile away. I was in heels. So I was like, whatever, let's take an Uber. So we get there to the bar before everyone. It's a super divey place. Okay, broads, quick pause. So having comfortable underwear is an essential part of any outfit, okay? Not just underwear, actually, but all of your base layers should be the best, softest, most comfortable part of any outfit. And there is one company that's really doing that right. You know, you know who we're obsessed with. That's Me Undies. Ugh, Me Undies. They have the softest bralettes. Undies, socks, loungewear, everything made from sustainable materials. Um, I wear me undies almost every single day. It's my go-to in my closet. They're so good for day-to-day wear. Gray loves his too. We have little matching sets. We have loungewear sets. Um, the loungewear, by the way, I love for the winter and when the weather gets colder. I have never put something so soft on my body before. Let me tell you, if I could live in MeUndies 24-7, I would. Oh, wait, I can and I do, and it's bliss. Thank you, MeUndies. MeUndies bralette socks and undies are the greatest things you will ever wear, like silk clouds on your skin. I am serious. They're made from their signature micro-modal fabric, which is sustainable, breathable, and super stretchy. Plus, everything on their site is available in, no joke, a million colors and patterns so many fun patterns and comes in sizes extra small through 4XL. And if you join their membership, which is totally free to join, by the way, you will get free shipping on every order and exclusive perks like a free new item every month, secret sales and early access to some of the newest stuff that Me Undies has to offer. Also, Me Undies makes a fabulous gift um, and they have a great offer for our listeners, too. So if you or someone you love needs Me Undies, which you do. Uh, any first-time purchaser gets 20% off and free shipping and free returns. So to get 20% off your first order and free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to meundies.com slash chatty. That's meundies.com slash chatty. So supporting your gut is really the first step in supporting the rest of your body. But how exactly do you support your gut to be the healthiest version possible? Scan any health food store or wellness influencer blog, and you'll see there are a whole lot of options available to you that will tell you that they are the product to gut healing. But let us tell you, not all gut products are created equal. So let us tell you about seed and why we love seed and know you will too. Big fan of Seed. It is the only probiotic supplement that I'm actually impressed by. Um, Seed is made different from any other probiotic product out there. That's why you're actually going to see results. It's made with a capsule inside a capsule. So it protects the probiotic and prebiotics through digestion for delivery uh, actually into the colon. 
That's exactly why with seed, you see the difference. All 24 strands of broad spectrum goodness make its way to where they need to go and aren't destroyed by your stomach acid on the way down. And once seed has been delivered properly, it gets to work getting you all the amazing benefits of a healthy gut, like supporting your immune system, reduction in bloating, and so much more. I've been using seed for quite some time now, and I've seen such amazing results. Um, It's especially helped with some of my restroom issues. So thank you, seed. Get started on a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash chatty and use code chatty to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic. That's seed.com slash chatty and use code chatty to get 20% off your first month. And then this guy ran into you at Stagecoach and said hi, and then randomly ran into me at this bar. Really? so weird? So then she's like, oh my God, I love chatty bras. She's like, I ran into Jess at Stagecoach. It was after like blah, blah, blah set. She was like, I was kind of drugged. I was like, oh my God, I love oh you. Oh my God, whatever. it was after Breland. Did she yes. Breland? Yeah, this oh blonde, This blonde girl. She was so nice. Yeah, she, she was really was, nice. She was so nice. She was really nice. Well, I, I was at Bre- that Breland set because Evan, that's one of the <laughs> yes, artists Evan watches. So I was like kind of like standing yes. off to the side watching him. And then her and one of her girlfriends came up and she was so sweet and then she kept apologizing she was like i'm a little drunk i'm like girl so am i well she baby. brought it again she was like she brought it up again she's like i was drunk but i was that like is so no but i couldn't get over that i was like whoa what how weird that you were to randomly run into her at this like other pl- like where where is that like a that's twin so or five palms or whatever the hell it's called where's coachella yeah that's it's the same place yeah yeah anyway um what's the place by there something palms Indio? seven palms two bunch palms <laughs> Oh, no. Anyway, Palm Desert Palms, like, <laughs> Indio Cathedral City. Twin is there a place called Twin Palms? I think so. That's what I'm thinking. Anyway, so <laughs> she was like, uh, I was like, what a trip that she ran into you there, like while you were, you know, yeah, on was like vacay out. at yeah. Stagecoach, and then she runs into me like in Oregon. That is so random. And she was like, you know, I thought like, oh, what if I run into her in the city, but that would be weird. She's like, but then I saw your, I saw your outfits because I'd seen, I was watching your story, and I like noticed you right away when you came in. Isn't that so weird? That is so. Small Listen, world. the world is so small. Oh, get this. So the the this is an interesting thing. The people who run the Cobb workshop, like his name's Allie and his wife, Chloe. They live in Junction City, Oregon, whatever. I just went to go visit them again this past weekend and like work on some plastering stuff. But they they both grew up on the street in Topanga where Gray's parents live now. Like his mom, he grew up across the street from Gray's parents' house. And like, I don't know how we got on the subject of Topanga, but they're like, wait, what street? And they're like, oh my God. Like they, he literally grew up across the street from Gray's parents' that house. That is so bizarre. And then like his wife's cousin, who's moving in with them soon, she's best friends with the girl that Gray used to date, like in Topanga. And I'm like, whoa, you know what? weird, I, right? I, I, I remember Jessica Stone talked about how like when you tune in, you'll start to realize like there's all this Everything's overlap. connected. Because I've noticed... In the past few years, so frequently when I meet a, a new person and not like a random person on the street that yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. like Passing whatever. By. Like but when like you make a new connection yeah, with a someone. A new connection, I'll find out that like, and I'm talking someone who used to live in like New York for however long or lived in Orange County. It was like, they always used to live in like the small little city that I live in now in Los Angeles. Oh mm-hmm. my God, I live down the street. Mm-hmm. All, like everyone. And I'm like, Weird. what? 
this isn't that big of a place. Like at some point in your life, you lived here and this is someone who lived all over the place. It's just so strange. And you're like, what is this overlap about? Well, if people didn't listen to the episode with Jessica Stone, she told a story about how this, this really actually tripped me out. I told Gray about it later and he was like, that is so weird. She was like, oh, did you used to climb at this one climbing gym in Orange County at Sender? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, like I saw you years ago and I had this feeling like I recognized you. And she's like, and then, you know, like I saw you on The Bachelor and like, and here we are now. But that was a trip no, it's, it's to so, me. Because she trip. didn't know who I was, but then she like remembered my face enough seeing me a stranger to remember me than when she saw me on The Bachelor after. That's weird. And then get this. So Jessica, I know of her because she's now, you know, good friends with yeah. some of my good friends who still live in Orange County. But after she came on the podcast, I posted a, you know, a photo of us on my Instagram Mm -hmm. and Ember's best friend from school, Mm -hmm. her mom, when I saw her at pickup was like, I've been like so close with Jessica for years Whoa! and she's never lived in Orange. Like, and it's just, you're like, what? It's just so strange. Like the, the overlap. No, but that, that climbing gym situation was so random. Yeah, that was, well, that was just so weird to me that, that she remembered my face to recognize it years later. Mm-hmm. Strange. Listen, there's some weird, weird things going on in this yes, universe. Yes. Weird connections. Well, speaking of the universe, yeah. the bros are going to have an episode coming up here with Jessica Lignato soon. I think that's coming out n- next, next Tuesday. Week? Yeah, next Tuesday. Yeah, so next in a week, Tuesday. So a week from today, yeah. where... Evan and Grayson are going to get their charts read, Dude. and I am tingling. Dude, I can't wait. I can't tingling. wait. I just know. I'm going to make you send it to me early. Like, I'm oh, going to, because I have a lot of driving time to do. Oh, no, you will receive the episode because I, I have like actually like 10 hours of drive. Like, I, uh, anyway, I have a lot of driving to do, more 15 hours woof. of driving to do. Anyway. But I cannot wait because I know. That Evan will act like just absolutely be like. He's going to be a full believer. Floored. It's going to be so amazing. Yeah. It's actually crazy to me how quickly Gray, (laughs) how quickly Gray became a believer. Now he's like totally like, yeah, well, he's just so into it now. Well, after their Thomas Dale episode, Thomas Dale was just like. Oh, I know. Nailed everything. And now. Evan's like it was a little mystic. It was funny though. It was like a year ago when we were in Mexico when we started doing. I got a, a tarot deck. Yes, and it was the first time Gray had ever done tarot. He was like, I think he was like a full believer after that. He's like, well, I'm pulling cards that are like exactly like have to do with what's going on. I love this. I know. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. <sighs> you know, but it's that time we we're 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 moving out of an. I'm having a vision. No, we're moving out of a phase of. I don't know. We're me- moving into a new phase of the world. You know, it's like the past hundred years have been like post-industrial revolution, and um, you know, post-modernism, and it's all very like kind of nihilistic and separating from religion and all of that. And I, I think that we're just moving into a new phase where people are going to get much more in tune with spirit because they'll have to to survive. <laughs> That's a little dark, but. Anyway, um, 
on another note. Yes. I thought today that we would go through, by the way, how much did you love the conversation with John Kim and his lady? What, Vanessa. Vanessa, yes. I Wasn't that great? I absolutely loved. They're both so incredible. I, I so appreciate how vulnerable both of them are with their relationship. Really stuck like, with me. Me too. I, I, there were numerous moments in that episode. If you haven't listened, that was last Tuesday's episode. Um, there were so many moments where instead of like sugarcoating something, they like actively had the conversation with each other, with us in the room. Oh, it, I really felt like the biggest thing that stuck with me was just like, oh yeah, like these are two therapists who like, don't have it all figured out in their mm-hmm. own relationship. That was and really powerful. I was like, yeah, I feel that. It gives you a lot of hope and just be like, to be patient with yourself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a lot of valuable, serious yeah. nuggets that I took away from that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think it also speaks to, I, I've really been thinking about, I, I don't know, just, there's just different phases in relationships. And I feel like, I was just realizing like Gray and I are reaching another point. I don't know if you can identify with this in your relationship, but I feel like there are points where you go, um, you go through hard things and you go like, you have this feeling of like, yeah, we made it through that. And you're like, yeah. And you're like so triumphant together. Yeah, and then you're, you're like, like so bonded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, I'm in love with you because we just did that. Like yeah. we made it on the other you side. You stare into each other's eyes and cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, wow. Like, yeah, you're bond. Yeah, you made it through the fire, you know. And then and then it's just funny because then you just go into rough patches again and then it's, you just kind of like forget about that feeling and you're like. Totally. You're like, oh my God. Or you just kind of not- get complacent in life. Yeah. And then you just kind of. Yeah, there's just nothing. Aren't like there as like in tuned with how in love you are. Yeah. It's those moments where I really connect in the way of like when I let all the like outside anxieties and stressors like infiltrate my brain for a long time. And then one day, typically through something shitty, I have that realization where it's like all that matters is like Evan and and Ember and I have them and I'm so grateful for that. And like at the end of the day, like that's where I want to lay my head. Yeah. And then I have that like hard for a week where I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like I got you too. Yeah. And then one thing happens and I'm fully (laughs) in the spiral again. Yeah. The hamster wheel of life. Do you identify though with that like peak and you're like, Wow, it's funny though because I feel oh, like we're hitting it, and then I can look back time. at like a couple. We haven't had as long of a relationship, so I can look back at like maybe like two other peaks. You know, it's kind of crazy. They don't come like that often. Yeah, I would say I totally relate to that. I would say, I would say maybe once or twice a year. Yeah, there's like some like, and when I say big argument, it could even just be like us having two very different feelings about like you know, how we want to be living life or whatever. Mm. And then you grind for like a month or something with each other. You have a rough go for like six weeks or whatever it mm-hmm. is. It could be months. And then you have that triumphant peak because you made your way through it. Yeah, maybe once or twice a year. Damn drama. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am the drama. <laughs> The drama is me. But like, oh no, I like for sure once or twice a year where it'll be like a rough month. Yeah. Because we're just on two different spaces. It could be like 
he's working nonstop and I'm feeling overworked because I'm doing it alone here. And then I don't feel connected because his mind is elsewhere. And then we're mm -hmm. like trying to, even if there's nothing inherently wrong yeah. where you're just not connecting with yeah, each other. Really frustrating. And you can't quite put your finger on what it is, but you're just like, I'm just yeah. like not connecting with you yeah. right now. We're missing, we're slipping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm talking more about bigger ones because I, I think this is like probably the second like peak. But I guess maybe people just have different like patterns because this is like, I could say like the second like peak I felt in our relationship. But that might be like, you know, there might be like little hikes you take and then there might be like a the, the 20 mile backpacking trip. You know, mm -hmm. like maybe you went through that with like um, career shifts, you know, or like baby where it's like the Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Kind of thing where yeah. you're like, oh, shit, like we made it out of that. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the odds were the odds were actually against us in this and we phase. Did it. And we did. OK. And we yeah. and we did it. No, I'm fall. I follow that. I follow that. Yeah. Then maybe not. Maybe once or twice a year. <laughs> crisis but i do crisis. feel that though after honestly yeah, for sure. any disagreement well I, i'm soaring for a while no. after we like we figure it out i'm well, like oh my yeah. god look at us go we did it well that's we what love our, each other i think i said this on our last episode but that's like kind of what our couples counselor talks about where it's like it's actually not a, it's not about avoiding the conflict it's not about because i think like and other couples counselors have sort of said that of like you know how can we make sure that the fight doesn't get to this point right mm -hmm. or whatever but our counselor's sort of like, okay, so when what really matters is when the fight is at that point, how can you find tools to reconnect mm. when you're both like in emotional shutdown, when you're both saying shit you don't mean? Like, how can you connect in that moment? Because if you can connect in that moment, it's going to be like a healing balm. It's kind of wow. what you're talking about. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what you're describing is like when you connect with him, like after a conflict then you're like then you hit that high you know yeah. where you're like oh i connected with you mm -hmm. and that meant the most to connect with you in that moment because it, it was at a time when we were so disconnected mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah kind of like that yes yes not so much like the career shift <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I think i i think what you're touching on is like yeah, something that I'm learning about. It's like, how can you how can you create like healing and space for connection when you're going through like those difficult times? Because that is when it's going to matter the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's when it's kind of make it or break it in the the semblance of those moments. But, so you're in a peak right now. Um, I think so. You're soaring. She's soaring. Well, I don't know about that. It's Flying. more like the. It's not. I'm not quite there, but it's more like the feeling of. It's more like the feeling of hope, which to me is like the biggest soaring where you're like, yeah. oh, like, you know, there, there's hope that like maybe we won't have to go through this kind of conflict for like the next, at least like the next few years, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe we can, I have hope that we can, we're, ga we're gaining new tools to make our relationship better, like mm -hmm. in the long run. I mm -hmm. think that that's kind of the high where I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're figuring it out, like unlocking things. Also, I mean, just the partnership in that too. I also think that like hearing about, like hearing about talking more about stuff with friends 
hearing from them, even doing this this Q&A box on my stories, which we're going to get into about like hearing about other, the really the nitty gritty about other people's difficulties in their relationships is really validating because you're like, oh my, I mean, sometimes I just think you feel like, oh wow, like we just don't have like, maybe we just like don't have what you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. To make something work. I don't know. So I just feel like hearing from people is very clarifying because there are certainly some relationships that are not where you're like, like John and Vanessa were talking about it. Like there's some there where they're like, no. there's some clients where it's like, why are you? Yeah, it's not, it's not good. Yeah, one, or one person's not willing, or it's just like you've put in, you fought the good fight, yeah. and it's time to move. It's there's a new shift coming right. in your life, right? <clears throat> no, I I totally agree though on like when when you hear about the weeds of other people's relationships, which is what one of the things that I love about their book is like they're sharing some of their rough experiences sometimes more than even like like teaching educating. It's like this is what we experienced. Because, I don't know, I feel like when other people share about their relationship hardships, it's so scary and vulnerable to do that because you know there will always be people criticizing you and making you feel small and bad about your relationship. But I know for myself, it helps. Bad about your partner. Yeah, exactly, which is a whole thing. But it helps you feel so much less alone and helps like it it helps me feel so much less alone and helps me process so many different ways and like perspectives and angles too because Mm -hmm. again i mean we always talk about this on the podcast right the only the only thing i really know is where i'm coming from like i'm the only one who knows every experience i've had right so yeah even if i've been with my partner for 50 years i don't fully know what's going on in his his exact process yeah, he might not even know so it's so nice exactly <laughs> so it's so nice to hear other people because i feel like then it really helps give insight to what might potentially be more like my partner's process that maybe i'm missing or not quite understanding or mm-hmm. yeah do you feel like did you come away with any strong feelings like post divorce in your family like did you you know how some people are like I'll never do that. Or like oh, it never divorce? Yeah, or like I'll never, or some people I guess don't even want to like fall in love. Like, because like, did you have any like big th- takeaways? That's a really good question. Um, I would say <laughs> in the immediate moment, my big takeaway was like, don't show your cards, bitch. Close <laughs> off your cold, cold heart. Oh, damn. I like shut down big time really? relationally. Mm-hmm. Evan and I had just gotten back together right yeah. when my par- after our like big breakup. You're like, trust no one. It was literally like him and I had been broken up for a year and a half, two years. We'd just gotten back together and then that happened with my parents and I shut off my heart for like a year. Whoa. And we kept dating. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> Ice yeah. queen. <laughs> yeah. But I was then really like, I was like there with him and processing through stuff and like, we were in like a committed relationship, but I was not open at all. I was kind of like, whatever. Because yeah, I'm like, yeah. you can't trust anybody. This will never work in the end. So I was, I had to process through 
that a lot, but um, I think as an like as a grown ass person, my biggest takeaway from watching a divorce, and this is going to be literally the like the darkest saddest thing to say ever, but I think because of the Christian culture being surrounded by that and being like divorce is the the definition of failure. Um, I realized that that divorce is not the definition of failure. That the mm. definition of, and I, the, the word failure is not the right word to use, but that's not being true to yourself and the boundaries that you need to set. That's what I'm failing mm. in a relationship. Mm. Because my thing was, it's just like, you know, being taught like the worst thing that can happen in your relationship is divorce. And I remember looking around at some of my friends, families and being like, they don't even like each other. Like they hate being together. Yeah. And this isn't what a relationship's supposed to be about. It's like, this is not what a partnership's supposed to be about. So after I went through my ice queen phase, it actually really like, sure there was trauma there because of, certain dishonesties and stuff, but like it actually really helped me feel freedom in a relationship that I needed to feel Mm. because I'm like, what I need, what I want in a relationship is not to feel forced into a relationship that I can't get out. I need to know that I'm choosing that person every day and it's going to be really hard and it's not easy and it's going to have days that really suck, but like I'm choosing to be with that person. I don't, get married and then I'm not stuck Mm -hmm. and I needed to have that freedom in my own space for sure. One of my good friends, she is, uh, on her, well, they're not married, but I guess technically she's on her fourth serious partnership. She got married in her early twenties, then got married, had, it's my friend Veronica. She got married in her early twenties when she got pregnant with twins on an IUD, mind you. Then, um, yeah. So don't fucking shame people when they get pregnant, okay? Because <laughs> you don't fucking know their you story. Know. So she got married. Then they got divorced. And um, she got married again and had a, another kid about nine years later. And then years later, split again because she met... No, actually, in between there somewhere, she had uh, she was married to a woman which she says was the worst divorce and they never speak to each other after that she said that was the messiest breakup out of any she's ever been in and they do not speak but that was somewhere in there and then she split with that partner because she met andy who is gray's best friend who we went on the surf trip with and everything and then now they have a child together she's still technically married to her last husband who she had her now like 12 year old daughter with they haven't actually legally gotten divorced yet but like her last ex like he'll go like when andy travels or stuff like he'll go stay at the house he'll stay at the house with them for like a couple months he lives in mexico he'll come visit for like a couple months and we'll stay at them with like with them with like his girlfriend her first ex you know he'll do the same come and you know pick up the twins and stay at their house and they'll go visit each other and she said this is i love her line she goes she said um i've had divorce but i've never had a broken home 
And that's her line. And I fucking love that because she's like, yeah, I mean, we're, we split up, we know we're no longer married, but like, that doesn't mean that there's not like love, some sort of like love that was able to come between us. She's like a lot of fucking work. She's like, there was definitely like a lot of strife and a lot of brokenness and a lot of anger, you know, typical divorce shit that had to be worked through over the course of years. But she's like, but now, you know, like, you know, there, there's no broken home here. We're we're in each other's lives, and that has always given me a lot of peace. I really liked that. I think that divorce is something that, like, I don't know. I don't think that there are enough resources for divorce. Like, I think there's a lot of resources for these kind of transitions, like it's, divorce, it's so abortion, it's like death. More than fifty percent of people end up in divorce. Yeah, and seeing some of my friends go through like the traumas of certain divorces and the legal pieces and all that. And yeah, I'm like, man, there's like no resources. You're right though. These transitions, there's really not a lot of resources and they're some of the most important. And you also don't know how to handle them, you know, like for some reason, like this, a similar conversation with abortion sort of came to mind where it's like, we don't know how to do the in-between where we don't know how to either be like, that's like with divorce, it's like it's either so sad or horrible or it's like we're supposed to have a fucking cake and be like, woo! It's like, right. where is like, where are we taught like how to just like hold space for mm-hmm. someone going through a transition that may have like a lot of mixed, complicated feelings? Yeah. I don't know. We just I've been having to, to do that sit in general. With, with, my, with that a lot recently because I've had, <clears throat> I've had numerous friends right now who are going through divorces mm. and I'm like having to really check myself because I'm realizing, I'm like, oh, I need to learn how to hold space for my friends in the way that is best for them. Yeah, that's hard. Because I want to be able to be there for them in what way is going to make them feel most like seen and empowered Yeah. in this. And supported, yeah. Yeah, and loved and yeah, all of that. But yeah, for 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 me with, with my family, my parents' divorce, like, it was so hard on both of them, particularly my mother. Um, but ultimately, it did, it really did allow me because in the, the church that I was raised in, it was like the only reason that you have grounds for divorce is if your spouse cheats on you. And so it was always like when you looked at, at, at beginning a lifelong partnership, it was like, that's, that's the only time that you can leave that's considered appropriate. Mm -hmm. And I remember just feeling like, this isn't right. Uh Like I, I know so many people who are trapped in marriages and miserable. And because of that, their children are like, are feeling the con like the effects of that. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I just felt like I felt through the pain of the, yeah, the family's divorce. I just felt ultimately grateful for seeing, um, what was important to me, which is being able to choose a partner, the ability to, for choice to choose a partner every day and work through the tough stuff 
but not do it as an obligation, mm-hmm. do it as a choice. And yeah. then being able to then see like my, my, my mom and dad too get to a point where like, you know, I'm my mom and my stepmom are like totally good. Like they're, we, we can all hang out together as a family and like, it's totally fine and everyone's good with each other. Mm-hmm. And as painful horribly painful as the divorce was on my parents they're both so much better now and they're both in positions where like they're in their 60s and are able to like grow which is making them feel alive Mm -hmm. because they're feeling themselves like actively changing their minds and like learning new things instead of kind of being stuck like they were for a long time yeah i was thinking about how on the flip side, like one, people don't feel the permission to like set themselves free of something that's ultimately destructive for their life and others. But then also on the flip side, like when we don't talk about when we don't have a safe container to share about like what's going on in our relationships, honestly, like without feeling fear of judgment, I think it also doesn't give other people perspective. And so like, you know, I'm sure so many people can't count the number of times where they're like, we, we just don't have a relationship like them or like that. Or like, we, there is something seriously wrong here. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can't do this. You know, it's like, I don't think a lot of people I'm realizing how little perspective I've had on the real struggles that people go through in their relationship. You know, mm-hmm. people say like, Oh, marriage is hard. And I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm just really gaining more of a sense, especially even when I put up this box, like, oh, what do you struggle most within your relationship? It's like most couples have like real hard Mm -hmm. struggles that take active work and like a lot of tears and a lot of like, and there are some people that are just copacetic, like 24 seven. I personally think that has to do with like personality. And some people are just like really, really chill. Sure. And they're with a partner who's really, really chill. And you know, life might be really, really chill for them and they mm-hmm. can navigate that fairly easily. But for the majority of people, um, there's a lot of messy ins and outs and faces that are really hard to navigate. And I think the more that you start hearing about what other people go through, the more validating it is oh, to be like, oh my yeah. God. Or even people that are on the, you know, really for the first time me, it didn't make sense for my parents when I was younger to like talk about the stuff they've struggled with. Like one as a child, it just wouldn't be appropriate. Like that would have made me feel like fearful, I think of, of like, sure, 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 you sure, know, sure, sure. and insecure about their relationship. But now as an adult, me going through things and calling them and be like, you know, and them being like, oh, I remember that feeling and like, oh, I still struggle with that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah we just had a, an argument last week where blah, 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 blah. And being like, oh. Like, oh my God, they've been together still for this long and they're still having arguments like that. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Still really dumb shit of being like, <laughs> sure. you know, yeah. The, just a family member recently was like, yeah, he didn't want me. He thought it was stupid that I was renting a car to like drive here to do this thing, you know, in the other city. And so then he just like didn't want to go because I was renting the car and he thought it was stupid. And then I went anyway. And then he was pissed and called me and, you know, and whatever. Like, oh, and you guys you're are like, oh, having you, active you, oh, you've arguments been, still. And you've been married like 40 uh-huh. years. Yeah. OK, well, the welcome to being in a relationship with another human being. We're all so. just the same people, <laughs> just in bodies that are withering. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Jess, how sad. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, 
right? It's like it's like all those thirteen year old girls who ignored me because I'm getting old. But it's literally like we're all just people and our bodies oh age, gosh. right? Yes. But we're all just like it's the same shit. Oh my god. Yeah. There was a moment, you know, I told you about the documentary in and of itself, which I watched for the yeah. first time. Which I'm gonna say this casually changed yeah. my life. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna do any spoilers because I I would never allow. But there was a moment. What's this documentary about? It's impossible to explain. I know you didn't. Yeah. It's literally impossible okay, to explain. Okay, okay, and okay, every okay. person I've heard who's seen it because it came out like a year ago, and I've heard other people talk about it on different podcasts, and they're all everybody was always like, "Oh my god." It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and like 99% audience score. It's like, this will change your life. Okay. But then anytime someone goes, well, what's about? It's like, I don't know how to explain this <laughs> uh, to you. I don't know where to begin with this. I really don't. It's yeah. a guy who's like technically like a magician slash card mentalist, whatever, who basically does like a long form, almost lyrical poem on stage. And it's filmed. He did like 600 performances and it's a live filming of one of his performances or a few of them put together. Okay. And uh, it's, <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything because this happens in the first like 30 seconds, but all the audience members at the very beginning of the documentary or the show or whatever, before they sit down, there's a wall of cards and all of them say, I am and a word underneath it. And before they all sit down and the show begins, they have to take one. And their words like, I am independent. I am a mechanic. I am an introvert. I am a positive being. Like, all different things, right? And some people take ones that they think represents themselves. Some people take ones for fun. It's like, I'm a mechanic. Ha, ha, ha. Right. right. And then the show begins. And that comes up later. And it is all about who you are, how people see you versus who you actually Ooh. are. Tears, the, I mean, it'll, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I will definitely it'll, watch. Like, but there is a moment talking about how everyone's, you're just a person. Mm. There's a moment in it. And like I said, I'm not going to ruin anything, but where the, one of the cards said, I am an absolute catch. And the person who believed it about themselves is a probably 85-year-old woman. Mm. She's this cute little 85-year-old woman. And she's like, I'm an absolute catch. And I was like, and that's her. Mm -hmm. That's her life. Mm -hmm. She was an absolute catch. This woman experienced life and all of her partner, everyone chasing after her. And like, that was her experience. That's, like, her, that, that's, that, her, that's, her, that's her. her experience. Yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. And it's the same thing I feel like in marriages and partnerships where you're like, oh, just because we're getting older doesn't mean that like that necessarily that perspective changes. Like, no, we have the same arguments about the same stuff. It's all the same. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Which is exciting because mm. it gives us opportunity to, to do it better and over and try it again and practice. It's not just like you have just those arguments when you're young and then they're done for forever. It's like, no, I can actually like try to learn how to health, like be a better partner to my partner and be better to myself. And 
Okay, broads, one more quick pause. So fall and winter are on their way, which means it's just about time to transition your homes into their coziest, comfiest states, perfect for afternoons of lounging around, movie nights, and a whole lot of relaxing Sundays. So whether you're going to redo your entire space or just add a few of those small, special finishing touches, Jenny Kane has everything you need to get your room ready to transition into the next season in stock and ready to ship right away so you can have the space of your dreams ready to go before you know it. Oh, Jenny Kane is everything they have is gorgeous. Uh, No one does statement pieces better than Jenny Kane. Each of their furniture pieces, they're all inspired by the clean, airy California coast. They'll instantly become the talking point of any room and the quality is unmatched because look, all of these um, pieces They're made from premium natural materials like suntanned leather, natural cedar and oak wood, and beautiful linens. Ugh. Um, Also, it's just all timeless, and it goes with virtually any aesthetic. If you're looking to revamp a room in your house, a furniture piece from Jenny Kane will do the trick. And also, you can still get a major cozy vibe upgrade with just some small additions, too. And Jenny Kane is also perfect for those pieces. The decor and accessory section on that site is my go-to when I want to refresh any space in my home. The hand-poured candles literally give me a life and also make amazing gifts. Just something to note with the holidays coming up. Get 20% off all furniture and decor, free shipping on furniture, early product access, and much more with a JKH membership. Join at JennyKane.com slash membership or go to JennyKane.com slash home. You're going to create the space you'll never want to leave. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com slash home. Okay, so I know it's a cliche and some of you might roll your eyes when I say this, but it's true, okay? You really do learn something new every day. And the new thing I learned today is that when it comes to sheets, you always hear thread count, thread count, thread count, right? Well, did you know that it's not the quantity of the thread count that really matters? It's the quality of the thread count. That's right. It doesn't matter how many threads your sheets have. If they're not the best threads, they aren't going to be comfortable, which is why we're recommending Bowl and Branch to the Broad Squad. They may just be the world's comfiest sheets. Bowl and Branch use the best, highest quality threads on earth, which gives them a superior softness, and they actually get better and softer with every single wash, which is how sheets should be. As soon as you take your Bowl and Branch sheets out of the package, you can feel the difference from other sheets. And let me say this again. They actually get better and softer with every single wash. I didn't know this was possible for sheets, okay? I'd heard this about Bull and Branch sheets, but I didn't know if I necessarily bought it. Well, let me confirm for you. I have now been sleeping on my Bull and Branch sheets, and I have washed them, and they do indeed get better and softer with every single wash. It is incredible. They are so buttery soft. It turns every bed into a luxury sleeping experience. No wonder, by the way, that these sheets have 10,000 five-star reviews. But let me tell you, when I started sleeping in my Bull and Branch sheets... When I slept in them, I couldn't believe it. It was like I was being held by angels, okay? Cocooned in absolute butter. Uh, Also, all bowl and branch sheets are 100% free from toxins, which means there are zero pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals, so you can sleep easy knowing you've got the best on your bed with bowl and branch. And you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code CHATTY at bowlandbranch.com. 
That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H dot com, promo code chatty. BolinBranch.com, promo code chatty. Well, you're also getting like new insight when you're faced with like the, that conflict and that difficulty. Like you're always getting new insight into yourself about that, right? So like mm-hmm. when you're the whole thing with those girls that you encountered at the <laughs> pool, right? Like mm-hmm. that actually brought to the surface as so often our partnerships and relationships do that brought to the surface you're like damn i'm still like healing from being Uh like a freaking insecure 13 year old like yeah Mm -hmm. of like feeling like whoa that's still uh, is uh very much present in me and like wow that's something to be aware of and maybe something to spend some time on you know or like whatever i think that that happens all the time in relationships if you let it being like oh my gosh you know like I panicked when he started like walking out of the room and didn't want him to leave. Like what part of me feels like, you know, like radically insecure about someone like walking away and Mm -hmm. why does that like trigger things in me? Sometimes you don't get answers too. You're like, I don't know. My parents didn't do that to me. Like, I don't freaking know why I do that. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the annoying thing about therapy sometimes is you're like, Oh, well I, I don't have any like textbook first 10 years of my life reason for that but it's oh for sure yeah i had a, a probably about a month ago like a really intense like evan and i were arguing about something and a lot of times when i'm really overwhelmed in an argument i have a hard time gathering my thoughts mm-hmm. so i want to walk away for a little while to like calm my brain down because i have a hard time knowing then how to communicate and I feel like I'm not getting across exactly what I'm yeah. intending to. And so I'll walk away. But a lot of times Evan will like follow me. And we've gotten in arguments before because I go, hey, like you need to respect me when I say that I need that like I need a break. Like I need to walk away and gather my thoughts. You need to respect my words and not follow me when I tell you to. to but then he's feeling anxious. Like I want to make things right. Well, we've had this breakthrough all of a sudden and I'm not going to share specifically what it yeah. is because that's his childhood story. But he literally realized then in therapy and we were both bawling because he had this breakthrough in therapy where he goes, when you walk away, even though I know you're just walking to the next room because of something in my childhood, I'm scared you're never going to walk back in again. Yeah. And it was a very like intense experience for him yeah so he's like when you walk away there's this fear in me that like i'm not worth you ever walking back in the door again yeah and i'm like oh my god yeah now we can have a different type of conversation which also that's like such a good example of like when when he can pause when any person can pause and like figure out like what they're feeling but and then like and you don't even have to like say oh it's because of this like childhood thing right like if he was just to like pro like if he was just be to be able to identify like i'm afraid you're never gonna walk back in and just like say that Mm -hmm. in the moment then like immediately him opening his like heart up in that way to you then you can immediately receive it right i I immediately like the second he said that like we were in an argument and he said that and it like hit me like an arrow in the heart yeah and i was like oh yeah i never would have even thought that that was going on. So it's like oh, now yeah. when, when we're having a disagreement and I feel like I need to step away, I can like grab his hand and be like, I just want to let you know I'm coming back in. Right. And I value you and I treasure you and love you so much. 
But for the sake, because of that, I want to take a moment to think about my words before I say them, but I'm coming back in. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And have that moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even if like you weren't to do that, it's like he now has the tool though too to be yes. able to like go after you, you know, and be like, I'm feeling really insecure yes. and I'm feeling really scared like about our connection, you know, like say, and then you're like, oh, okay. The bros were just talking about it recently on their show about like, you know, getting really defensive, um, you know, if like there's some sort of, which I think pretty much everyone does feeling really defensive when you're sure. criticized <laughs> and be like, but I'm doing all this for you, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, but instead of like approaching that, you know, when someone like brings up a critique or something, instead of being like, but th- I did this and this and this, like, I feel like pausing and like being able to be like, I'm really like feeling scared that like I'm not enough for you. And like, I want so badly to be enough for you. Cause I care so much about you. Then it's like, Oh, and the other person is immediately like, oh, what? Like you're immediately like, you yeah. know, softened. Or sometimes it's not that immediate, but it's the start to like, well, because being able to see each other. Most of the time, the, the other person is also having all their own insecurities as well. Like, yeah, we're both sitting in our childhood trauma. We're both sitting in all of our insecurities and we're both having to battle those as we have this disagreement. So I think sometimes when one person, it was like what John and Vanessa were talking about, how John was like ownership. Mm. It's like when one person puts that card on the table, Mm -hmm. it allows for the next person to do it. Mm -hmm. It's also almost too like, um, what's the word? Paying it forward a little bit. It's like one person does it and the person (laughs) behind you does it and the person behind you. There's that really amazing kid Until someone breaks the chain. Yeah, just one of you bitches breaks the chain. <laughs> Doesn't pay for Until the I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm in Starbucks cool. and I'm like, the order behind me is how much? Um, <laughs> did, no, but <laughs> did you hear the story someone shared recently? They were like, oh, when someone when someone does a chain like that at Starbucks, I'm like, cool, like other paid for yours. You're like, oh, cool, that's so nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> and then you keep going. <laughs> that's so funny. Anyway, um, but no, there's like that really sweet children's book. God, what is it called? Something about kindness. And it's literally just like, and it like just visually shows when one person showed an act of kindness to Mm. another person, it causes a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this person, it is so, it's so simple. I feel like that's that way in a relationship too, Mm -hmm. right? You show your card, you say, Hey, I'm feeling really insecure. How do you handle it when you get hurt in that moment? We just had, we were just talking about off the podcast recently of like, I remember that really dramatic thing where I was talking about like being kind to this person and how I got uh, this internet person and how it just completely like backfired. And uh-huh. I felt like that vulnerability, oh, that, was <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> That's a very extreme example, but it was like, I had got actually like from that specific situation, like a lot of trust issues where I was like, damn, like there was multiple layers of it. Like I was vulnerable enough to be kind to this person oh there's like so many layers to that whole situation where like literally I had done all these things and every single the intent behind every single thing was like oh I don't want someone to feel alone like I want them to feel like they have a friend who like gets what they're going through and I feel like I just got fucking bitch slapped across the face Uh um and I was talking about that in therapy and I was like crying being like you know, that really shook me up because I felt like 
there are people out there who will 100% take advantage of your like your vulnerability oh, for sure. like and will use it to completely like twist a knife in Absolutely. you. And that really scared me because I was like, oh, my gosh, like that just happens sometimes. Like there are people that just do that. Like um, and I'm not usually someone who like struggles with trust issues in that way. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like that was really scary. Granted, that's different in a relationship. But like, how do you handle that feeling of like because I feel like, you know, I feel like both you and I can be pretty good about like in certain situations, like opening up to people and like really being like vulnerable with like what we're going through. Um, are you referring to a relationship like like oh, a romantic relationship or no, I don't think I'm, to- I don't think I'm referring to a romantic relationship, particularly because I don't feel like I have a lot of experience with that well, actually, issues. that's not true, though. That's not true, though. I feel like there are small instances in our relationship, you know, yeah. where I will even go like. I'm, you know, I just am feeling this and I'm really opening my heart up. And then I met with like a, well, da 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 da. You know how that can be in an argument where it's like, you're like, wait, but I just did the thing where I'm like showing my heart to you and you're being like, da 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 da. Yeah. Like, how do you handle that? Um, not great. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I've really grappled with in our therapy, not you know, because he's like, just like show yourself. And I'm like, oh my God, but what if, what about when I'm like showing myself and that and person's then you get like, hurt. And then you're like, Woo-hoo. I really good question. Um, I think for myself personally, a lot of my work has been learning to not show that to as many people right. as I want to. In general, yes. I panic and do that a lot with people. I think it's kind of. Um, a trauma response of just like, but look at this here. Like this is, this is, this is like, I'm going to be fully vulnerable with you about how I feel. I think for a really long time, I kind of lived by that. Like if I say it first, they can't hurt me with it Mm. type energy. Did we talk about this on the podcast or personally when we were talking, I think maybe it was on the podcast where we were saying like, it's a defense mechanism too to be like, I don't want to be uncomfortable like in this silence or in this lack of connection with you. For whatever reason, a thousand percent. to just be like, I can't sit in this quiet conversation. I have to it's be like awkward conversation. Like, like oh no, I, the amount of times that <laughs> I don't know someone and I'm standing like in an elevator with them and I'm like, oh man, wow, I really, really fucked up and I just got the like and just like share something really personal and I'm like, oh my god, like why did I just do or, that? I do I that too when I'm in a really chaotic sort of manic mo- mode for whatever reason. It might just b- be that person's energy. Why, Why did I just say that? that? And sometimes it's an exaggeration too to try to connect with someone. It's like your friend opening up, up about divorce and you're like, how many times have I told Evan like pack up your shit and fucking leave, you know? Saying that and to like connect. <laughs> Nothing has resonated more with me. I do it so much and it's not Um, like it's not like oh I'm lying it's literally like I'm trying to make that person comfortable so then I'll share something but I'll share it in a way that might be like not accurate to like who I am in that moment Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like for instance let's just say like my I, mental health's doing a oh, lot sure. better. Let's just say, which, yeah. you know, it's been yeah. a rough journey the past year. <laughs> but, like, in my interim, when I was doing really well, um, if I'd see someone, I would then all of a sudden divulge something I did when I was manic. 
and be like, oh, I'm so this way. I do this type of shit all the time. And it's, and, and I'll sit with myself and afterwards I'd be like, no, that's not, but that's not me right now. Yeah. Like I, I, I've really journeyed through that and I've really like worked on myself in certain ways. Obviously, again, we're talking about mental health. It's sometimes a little bit different, but like, oh, I've done the therapy. I've done a lot of the work to try to alleviate some of that. And I just told this person that I always do this and it's been years. Uh-huh. Like that's not who I am. And now that person has this thing and I now just kind of put that on as a jacket. Yeah. And then you kind of take that on and I'm like, is that who I like? And then you start to kind of own it. This is Ugh. an exaggerated example, but you kind of, you can do this thing too, where it's like, if someone goes like, like if I was to say like, oh, I just, I suck at fashion. I never know how to dress. It's like, you might do the thing where you'd be like, well, I, you did used to be a stylist, but like half the time I just throw something on and walk out of the house. <laughs> and it's like, bitch, you're a fashionista. But instead of just sitting in and being like, oh, really? Like, why yeah. do you think that? Right. <laughs> That's but, that reflector shit big I time too. I was just about to say. I was just about to say, but the but the, actually, like the flip side of it is that then people do, people do feel connected. You know. Yes. Which I love. But it's got to come from a place of honesty. It has to come from a place of or not on non non anxiety. It needs to come from a place of peace within me. Because I say honesty means like the then dishonesty. Yes. That's not right. My boundaries is my big issue, right? Ooh, baby, mm. boundaries. But what did you just say? And I just talked over you. You said it has to come from a place of non-anxiety. Yeah, like non-anxiety peace, yeah. and peace. And so for me, like mm. when I'm living in an anxious, unpeaceful space, mm. my boundaries drop. That's just my tendency. And I just have none. Um, and I don't know why that is. I think maybe it's almost like I drop my boundaries because I'm in a place of anxiety that I almost want to be seen because mm. I'm hurting. You're like, so like, look, girls at the pool. Like, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> I'm not doing well. <laughs> Please validate my existence. You know what I mean? Mm. Versus when I'm in a place where I'm being honest with myself, I'm giving myself self-love and time mm. better than with my boundaries. And then all of a sudden I'm able to, I think, be better than at standing in that stillness. And just holding space for someone instead of being like, don't worry, me two times ten. <laughs> Which can also be so obnoxious. And so mm. I think that's so. So then when so going back to your initial question of like, how do I then if I'm vulnerable and then it's not seen? I don't know quite how to answer that because I'm I'm like actively in a process of like trying to figure out how to balance that because I'm learning that I'm too vulnerable with too mm. many individuals. And so I've been trying to get better at boundaries and learning to be like, I can be a kind human being without fully opening up every portal of myself to someone yeah. and learning how to protect myself. And that some people just don't, that's not for them. That's for yeah. me. Yeah. But then at the same time, what's well, then on the flip side, the concept of then when I when I do decide to be vulnerable, let's just say with Evan, like as someone that I love and I feel like a little hurt by something or by like a friend and I feel hurt, I, I don't have a great reaction. I get like really, really defensive because 
I think I'm trying to figure out how to. I don't really know how to handle that I don't know how to manage that. I don't know either, especially because, and by the way, you just brought up something. I want to circle back around because you were just saying the thing of like, um, I was just thinking about, had multiple thoughts. I just had the thought of like some of the people in my life who I enjoy sharing the most with are people who just have genuine curiosity. Mm -hmm. Like Gray's friend, Alec, it's like when you talk to him, he always will like ask and such an interesting follow-up question where like yes. at the end of the conversation, I'm like, oh my God, like I just felt like Alec like really noticed you do me. That. Well, thank you. I was just like, wow, I just really feel like, like he paid attention enough to ask a question that was made me think even like, oh, that meant so much to me. Um, even though I didn't know anything about him, but then I thought about this conversation that you and I were having last week about parenting and we were just talking about how hard it is to not just yeah we had a whole conversation but I was just thinking of like I think that like kids and most people we just want to feel like someone's actually engaging with us yes and I actually think what you do is such a good way to engage but what you're talking about too is if you're in anxious state you're certainly engaging but it's at the expense of your own safety oh yeah 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 so like I was just thinking about how and I'm also kind of making it about me too yeah. I think there's a fine line because it's like I'm trying to make that person feel seen. Yeah. But in my anxiety, I'll then talk about my experience, which I think sometimes is great. Yeah. I mean, because then you're, you know, you, that person is feeling I mean, that's how we first connected. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But at the same time, there is, like you said, like the, the, what you just said about Alec. And like I said, I think you're really great at doing this too. When you're just then asking, like, when you're taking a pause and then like asking like genuine questions yeah. or engaging in a genuine way, yeah. that person still is feeling really seen yeah. and you don't necessarily have to be like, here's nothing all my about trauma. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you can still be there for someone and yeah. hold a boundary yeah. in a good way. Yeah. My friend Veronica, it's like, as we've gotten closer over the years, like she shares a lot more about her experience, but like, in the beginning of our relationship, I felt very close to her and I didn't really like know much about like her own feelings or experience of her relationship or like whatever. But yet I still felt like I loved being around her because I felt like she was really? curious about me and wanted to know more yeah. and was listening, like all that sort of thing. Um, but I was just thinking about how kids and all humans, I think, want that too. It's just like that curiosity of like oh you like care about what I'm showing you or what I'm talking about you don't need to like yeah well and I keep going back to one of the things that Jessica Stone had said specifically to me like in the conversation but I think it just holds true for so many of us is that she was like you need to sometimes just stop mm -hmm. and pause and know like it's okay if you seem odd in this conversation, if you're sitting there in silence mm -hmm. and to just take a beat. And in that pause, maybe you can allow yourself to recognize, am I holding the boundary I need to hold? Am I about to have an anxious response? Okay. I'll ask a genuine question instead. <laughs> or like, am I in a space right now of filled with like peace and I have my proper boundaries and I'm going to share this still. I mean, I struggle with that a lot, too, in a different, in a very similar way, actually, in the anxious thing, because um, like with CASA, I have to be mm. really careful that I'm not making promises I can't keep, which is 
like that can encapsulate a lot of things that I have to be really careful about how I phrase things. Yeah, Even like, oh, you know, got to make sure you're not setting to an expectation about how often you're going to call or whatever that like in terms of the child. Um, but then you also have to be really careful, really careful about not divulging information to people you're not supposed to be divulging information to. So like virtually Ooh, yeah. the only person I'm supposed to be relaying info about other conversations with is like the caseworker and mm-hmm. like my supervisor. But there's all these other people I'm talking to foster parent, bio family, et cetera, where I'm like, it would be really easy to be like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 mentioned, you know, I was like, I'm not Oof. supposed to be doing that. That's really tough. And so in my anxious state, especially because these situations are anxiety inducing for me, because I'm like, these are strangers. I want them to trust me. I want them to, you know, know that I care and like connect so that I can also get in like information that I need, mm-hmm. insight that I need mm-hmm. because this child needs me to advocate for them, whatever. It's like really, I have to be so careful oh, about not yeah. doing that thing of like overindulging information about other people, about that situation. So challenging. It's hard, but yeah. the rest of it's really, really cool. But that part in particular definitely harkens to what we're talking about of like word vomit. I mean, yeah, I do it with guests, you know, be like, oh, let me tell you everything about The Bachelor. It's like, well, I probably didn't need to tell. Yeah. I, it's, it's, Amazing how I think when we pause in life, how you're able to recognize what state is like true to you and what state is anxious, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm realizing, obviously I'm like, I know I have my bipolar, my anxiety, like all that stuff, but I think the current world we live in because everything is so 24 seven and so busy. It does not help with the, the swiftness of which we all are trying to operate. And I think we all operate. So many of us operate in an anxious state in so many ways. And I think that then moves into conversation and relationships too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that can translate then into even like romantic relationships where we're operating in this kind of like, buzzy state instead of just like allowing a pause not having to make swift decisions yeah and i mean it's one of the coolest things about this podcast is like we pretty much sit i mean we have to have our phone and stuff for notes and like all that kind of thing but we pretty much sit down at about four hours a week at least to just talk and connect with each other it's pretty amazing. Distraction free. It's so funny. I was I was listening to I think it was Take Your Shoes Off uh, podcast. Rick Glassman, one of my ultimate faves, um, and they were having that exact conversation like a few days ago, where it was like, "Isn't it crazy how like this is the only time every only week container. that like we put, we we don't even look at our phones and we're just full human interaction when they're podcasting?" And I'm like, "Oh my god! If it wouldn't be for the podcast." how good would I be about taking time to just like really like turning the phone over? I know. Turning silent. the phone over, right? So you can't see it mm-hmm. see the notification. And pop just up. being fully present. I know. And then also thoughtful to a certain extent about what's coming out of your mouth. Right. Cause there is some awareness that there is some awareness. Sometimes are not as much as it. I wish I had, but yeah. there is a little more awareness. Yeah, there definitely is. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, just thinking over the last couple of years, like 
there is a diff- there is a difference between the conversations we have when we're not recording and when we are, sure. and that's like you're saying healthy boundaries of like mm-hmm. choosing what to share, not not to share. So there definitely is that awareness, but it's still, you know, you're you're picking a freaking topic to sit and chat about with another person for hours on end. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, and that's what's interesting to do with your partner too. Like Gray and I were recently talking, like, oh, well, maybe revive the Patreon. Like, I mean, it was one thing to recap. Uh, my season of The Bachelor, but there is something to be said about sitting down and like flipping on a mic and, and just, being like, let's take it away. Let's just talk, chat with each other and see what comes up for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of healing, I think, in that. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I don't know how to handle the thing either, though, of like uh, when you, back to what we I originally asked, like when I'm share vulnerably in the other person, like, all, what what we've been struggling with, and I don't really have an answer for, and I'm sure you struggle with this with Evan. I'll like share vulnerably, and then his feeling is like I'm failing her. Like if she feels so like sad and alone right now, she's sharing about that, and then his defense immediately goes up because it's like I don't want you to feel that way. Why did I what, like kind of like that self thing of like I'm so stupid. Like why did I yeah. make her feel that way? Yeah. Um, or that might not be what's communicated, but that's what's being felt inside of like, I never do enough. And then mm-hmm. that's where the thing comes up of like, but, 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 but I just, I did this and this and this and this and this. And then you're frustrated because you're like, I don't fucking care about those things. Not to say I don't appreciate them, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm talking about how I felt, you know, emotionally neglected when this happened. And they're like, yeah, but I'm trying so hard. I guess it's like what at one point Vanessa was saying in the last episode about how there is this like for herself, there's this from past traumas, past traumas and relationships and childhood and everything where there's like, oh, if I do something wrong, then I'm a bad person. And I feel like that's always the challenge especially like you know in the ways that we were raised where it's like oh sin sinful I'm a sinful person I'm Mm. bad and being like no when that person responds to me in that way they're feeling right now like a bad person which is Mm. not what I'm attempting to have them feel like but their defensiveness is because they feel like they're a bad person because they hurt me and like how am I gonna then respond to that do you feel that way ever in like the heat of stuff? Like I feel like a bad person? Yeah. Oh, constantly. Like I I constantly go back to, and I don't think it's like a, a conscious where I'm like, totally bad. Totally. But it's definitely like, if I do something that hurts Evan or he feels, you know, unseen in a certain way and he tells me that, my immediate gut reaction is to be like there you go again mm. bad Fucking messed it, it up. up fucked it up typical uh-huh. you know and that's where I go self-flagellation uh-huh. of being like you know and then but the response is then typically defensive it's not like I know I'm or always I, wrong yeah but that's not the yeah if, you know, if I were to respond in that way that's a whole no, other I'm always wrong thing it's like, yeah you're like because oh, then God. you're making it about you it's like yep <laughs> but I think if mm-hmm. I do a, if I do a, a if I'm more again and I think this is about slowing down too Tiff. if in an argument it's a lot or a of conversation 
I share vulnerably with Evan, and let's just say he gets defensive, if I'm able to pause in my emotions and go, he's defensive right now because he is disappointed in himself and he feels like a bad person, I feel like I then can deal with that woundedness of feeling like I mm-hmm. was vulnerably sharing. For sure. I feel like I'll be able to to process it more clearly because I'm then actually, I'm not just taking his defensiveness at face value. I'm going, oh, I know when I do this as a response, it's because I feel disappointed in myself. Right. So shame. then if you can, yeah, which then sometimes I've hit a roadblock with that because then I'm, I address it in the wrong way where I go, um, you know, like you don't, you don't have to feel like ashamed or whatever. And then he's like, I'm not feeling ashamed. I'm like, Oh, sorry. Like, that's just what I thought you would feel right, <laughs> right now. Right, We're feeling right. right now. Um, but I think if you, yeah, I think that if you can then in that moment, make that person feel seen and whatever it is they're going through under the, under the fur, the top layer of like defensiveness or whatever, then their feeling can get addressed which I know there's always an internet dialogue of like, well, why should he needs to whatever, you know, it's like some, sometimes you just got to get some person seen so that you can get to the point where everyone feels seen. Cause then usually if you can address that person's underlying emotions and if they can really feel like they are being seen in that moment, then their walls come down. And then when you show again, that vulnerable part of you, they're in a space to then be like, then you can connect if you both one person can get seen. Yeah, and like you were saying, it's like, of course, there are situations where that's not there's always something. Of course, yeah. there's situations where that not is that is not what should be happening. But like, yeah, I'm just I'm coming just from a space of like, for example, mine and Evan's relationship where it's like, I feel like overall pretty healthy, love each other, want to make it work. Well, and also, <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Yeah. And, and also want him like, to feel seen. And I know he wants me to feel seen. I feel like there's a myth, too, where it's like, oh, you know, um, I'm more emotionally advanced than he is. And granted, I see a lot of, I've seen a lot of loved ones in my day get in relationships with people where I'm like, no, dude, they are like not on your level of like Mm -hmm. knowing emotional maturity, all that stuff. Don't do it. But also that naturally does happen like in relationships where one person starts going to therapy, you know, Mm -hmm. or like one person is going through an upswing in their life and they're, getting more revelations about themselves like there's gonna be a lot of times where you're not like on the same plane of like being able or even just life circumstances maybe some maybe your partner just lost their job and they have no capacity they have no capacity to emotionally deal like basically my therapist because of course i think i talked about this on that episode but on the last episode with john and vanessa there's also always the thing too where you're like i've been trying my best for five weeks now and he's not changing yeah, you know yeah, it's like okay totally. it's, it's like, gonna well, take patience it's gonna take a while but i remember my therapist telling me like oh well try to like try to hear as much as you can like the subtext of like how he's feeling like you said he could say the defensive things but try to get under there and hear what's really happening of like i feel like i'm not good enough for you whatever yeah. and then validate that person and she's like if you can keep doing that like if it may be one-sided work into the relationship in that way but like over time you will like things will shift or it may get to a place where you think see that you're you know you have outgrown this person or whatever but i still felt like that was good advice because like 
oftentimes I don't try very hard to like try to hear what he, I'm only thinking about myself, right? I'm only yeah. thinking about my unmet needs yeah. where I'm like, yeah, this is about me, you know? Totally. Which yeah. it is, but it's, it is, a you know. I also, when you were talking about like, sometimes people just don't have the capacity in that moment, that season of life. I've I said this, I think, once before on the podcast and got a good amount of shit for it, but I believe this wholeheartedly. Um, if you're in a relationship where you're safe, mm-hmm. right? Emotionally, physically. Yeah. There will be, like they always say, you know, both parties have to give 100. And I'm like... I don't believe that. I think that most party, it's like, okay, well, first of all, both parties can give 50, <laughs> but then sometimes a, one party's giving 80 and the only part, yeah. and the partner can only give 20. And sometimes it's, I do agree sometimes with that. it's 50, 50, sometimes it's zero, 100. And now when is it always going to be perfectly 50, 50? Like, come on. And my thing is this now, if then there's a pattern where you're like, I'm always at 100 and my partner is at zero, it's a very different case. But like, I know for, for myself and I can only really speak into my relationship, but it's like, I know for a long time at the top of our marriage, um, I did, I had a very, my capacity was low. Evan was given like 80 and I was 20. And then a few years into the relationship, he was having some really hard growth curves and I was really starting to grow in my life and doing a lot of self work and all this. And I was then, then we swapped and I was given 80 and he was at 20. And then for a while we were 50, 50 and we were both like, but then, then time shifted. And then like, I mean, it's just, it's a dance course it's a dance and so that's why it's like a scoreboard in a relationship is always a bad idea yeah also you're gonna be scoring things differently so you're gonna be like my scoreboard says this they're like well mine says this you know and you're like someone hasn't been keeping score right and it's probably you totally totally (laughs) no it's so true everyone's scoreboard looks so different but it's just like yeah if you're in a place where you are in a safe relationship and you want to ultimately make it work like there are a lot of times that it's not going to be 50 50 oh my god for sure also like you know i was just thinking as you were saying that like people have different childhood experiences one might have had a pretty breezy upbringing another person might have a whole bunch of issues and like those are going to be those are things that are going to get processed over time. And yeah, there's going to be unequal loads that will have to be carried. And yeah. that is just part of life. I mean, we've had those conversations with people bringing friendship questions into the mix, you yeah, know, where totally. we're like, has this been your whole relationship or is this bitch going through a hard time and she right. needs and you to like, lean on right now? If this is your now, whole relationship, then different. it's time to sort of boundary last, and say bye. If this is the last six months, homegirl's going through a rough, a rough time. time then, you know. You can still set boundaries, you know, because you can't take on, doesn't matter if it's your partner or if you're a friend, you can't take on like everything And that's the thing in relationships too, right? That's what I'm saying. You have to set, even in like a, like a, like a life Husband and wife, yeah. Husband and wife, partnered relationship, you have to set boundaries. It's like, there are times when Evan is really going through it and I have had to, there's what was one particular season where I'd never seen him struggle emotionally like that before and I was trying to be there for him in every way I could, but it hit a point where I had to look at him and I had to say, I'm at my capacity You gotta find now. someone else to help you carry yeah, this load I'm like, right I'm now. I'm at my capacity now. And it was a painful conversation because it obviously did hurt him. Yeah. Because he then felt like, oh my God, I'm too much. I'm burdening her. And I told him, I'm like, listen, 
you're not too much, but I also only have a capacity right, right. now. Yeah. And so now I have to honor that capacity. And now this is like when you have a therapist or a friend or whatever that is come in. And so you could have more people in your life to, to share that space for you. Yeah. You know, I think unfortunately that's really common in hetero relationships too. And like, I've had that happen in past relationships as well. Where like one in particular I can think of where I was like, I can't hold all this for you. Like, and you're also, I remember in this particular relationship, it was also like, he didn't want any of his friends to know about all these things he's struggling with, with his family and all that. And I'm like, dude, these are your best, like lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. Like, and you're concealing this from them. Like, not only is that not fair to like your relationship with them, but it's like also not fair to me because I'm I, I became like the keeper of secrets, you totally. know, like oh my god, and the keeper of <laughs> everything. And I was like, dude, this is too it's much too pressure much. for me. Oh my god, yeah. And I I know for myself, I was like, I then had to battle my own the own voice in my head that was like, you're being selfish because. Like, I just had to look back and go, oh, my God, the amount of times that especially through a lot of my shit that Evan always held space for Mm -hmm. me in so many ways. And I'm like, oh, my God. And now I have to tell him that, like, I'm at capacity. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like, oh, my God, am I being selfish? But ultimately, we had a conversation where it was like he was so he loved me. He loved me so much in those moments that he held all for me, but it actually wasn't ultimately good. Mm. He wanted to do the right thing and he held it, but it burnt him out. It wasn't good for our relationship. And ultimately then when we honored our capacity and communicated with that with each other, it ended up being better for our relationship yeah. in general, you know, but it was, yeah. but it doesn't mean it's not a hundred painful conversations in between. Would you have an answer to simple, neat answer to put into the, I, I put on my question box last week, two weeks ago, I guess. That was such a fire Instagram session. It was really, session. really fun series. Yeah. Um, I said, what is your, the, like, what do you struggle with most in your relationship? Would you be able to put an answer into that answer box? Because hmm. I was like, actually, the funny thing is that I was actually surprised by people's ability to, to, not I only know, I'm that, like, oh man, I don't know. No, 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 I immediately, I said this on the on the episode with John and Vanessa. Like, I got hundreds of responses within like three minutes, and I was like, "Whoa, trust me, we got problems." But I don't know if I could immediately like put it down on, on, uh, on. I guess I just wouldn't necessarily box. know how was, to verbalize it. Well, that's what I. That's kind of what I mean. Like, and then what was also wild to me is how many like friends responded to it <laughs> you're like, like oh shit now i know no, there was definitely some people where i was like oh my god you know like we net blah 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 he always did it and i was like <laughs> you're like oh gosh well you know i can't see <laughs> who sends this right <laughs> yeah i'm like oh my god um but like a lot of friends respond like a decent amount of friends responded to it um And then one of my friends said the fact that he bites his nails, he's perfect in every other way, though. Honestly, like, <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> love her. But yeah, just got so many interesting answers. You know, like one of uh, another friend of mine said completely opposite view of finances. Like 
And that was, these are like really interesting things to me. Like, especially it's very interesting when there's certain things that you really don't struggle with at all in your relationship. And then like, like one person said, and one of, one of our friends said, we have radically different belief systems. And I'm like, Wowzers. whoa, like, yeah, wild. Yeah. And like, what does that look like? Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have that. Yeah. I know like finances is a big one for us. Mm. Really? Wait, is that oh. something you guys have conflict on? <laughs> Oh my god. I like actually did not know that. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. It's one of the main things that we'll argue about. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, don't think you're you're certainly according to my question box, you're not alone in yeah, that. Yeah, because we were raised so differently mm. in such like different households that like the way that we You're like this is a interact with money. <laughs> I well, the talking about money um, oh. makes me super anxious because I would see tons of anxiety with my parents when money got brought up and they also um the idea of any sort of like investment or anything it was very much like you sit on it and you never touch it whatever and evan was like went to finance school was raised by a father who was in the financial biz so he's like no you gotta like you know like put some here and find it and i'm like ha ah, ah, ha you gotta sit on it like scrooge mcduck like i'm freaking out about that and oh, so yeah. having to like trust and like and oh, he's yeah. you know there's never even been a situation honestly in our relationship so far knock on wood where there was like a big blow it mm-hmm. but i'm just i want it anytime a money conversation gets brought up i don't i'm like uh, we can talk about it tomorrow and he's like no we have to talk about it now Mm-hmm. Lately, we've been spending too much money on takeout. Mm-hmm. It's draining this. We need mm-hmm. to stop. And I go, well, t- tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, I mean, any type of money talk. So whether it's like we need to save more or let's invest here. Anything. Anything. Yeah. I don't want to have the conversation. And he's like, we need to talk about it. Yeah. He's like, it's not up to me. We're yeah. partners. Yeah. I'm not going to reign with the cash. Yeah. And make all the calls. Like, like, but I want you to. And then that's what they were talking about. John and Vanessa yep. over-functioning, under-functioning in certain areas. I'm like, just do it. And he's like, no. This is ours. Yeah, because also you need to face it. it. Yeah. I need to face it. <laughs> Yikes, baby. So, yeah, could you not have one that, like... I, you were, well, you know what? There's one that I thought that I just thought about as you were talking about this with the money thing. It's maybe not, like, the main thing we deal with in conflict, but it's certainly a difference. Like... There are certain things like what I was talking about with John and Vanessa, like we've had a lot of conflict around. We've had a lot of conflict like around sex because Mm -hmm. of a lot of processing and a lot of a lot of different factors. So that's Mm -hmm. definitely one that I would say creates the most because also sex is very emotionally heightened, like a mostly heightened topic. What are you talking about? Kind of like money. (laughs) Like, huh? What are you talking about? Sex? It's charged. Charged? (laughs) So that's definitely one that I would say brings up when there's discussions or conflict. That's definitely one that brings a lot of like zero to 100 real quick. Emotional shutdown, emotional blackout, just being like. uh, And then, you know, of course, there are always random conversations that turn into a thing where Uh suddenly like, you know, you're suddenly you're like want to punch a wall you know and you're like so frustrated like you know those feelings where you've just been so frustrated where you're literally like being so dramatic and you're like i'm literally gonna tear my hair out in front of you or like beat my hand into the ground oh. to like so you can see how unhinged like, i am i like 
I it's feel, usually just when I feel like you're, I'm not getting my what I cross, what I want to communicate. That, ding, ding, ding. So I was about to say, it's like <laughs> when when you're like you're not getting what I'm saying, and then you're just like, and then you go into full toddler. You see red. You go into full toddler see me mode too, yeah. right? Like I'm gonna scream. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna doing like this bang. in front of the 13 year old girls. <laughs> Hello, like an absolute fool. <sighs> Yeah. Yes, that. Yeah. I mean, that's just like I would get. I would say just that feeling is definitely like the hardest thing to navigate, and that's usually not. It's just triggered by like not being able, not feeling seen. Mm-hmm. I guess that's like a pretty general yeah, thing, of, for sure. But then I had one like the money thing where I I thought, oh, this is a good one. Um, we, which Gray has changed a lot, but we approach things differently. Kind of what Jessica Stone was saying, where like I'm very like. I'm like into the mist kind of like, you know, gray has to, we have to talk about like uh, an investment thing. And literally like my approach is like, I'm not sure about the vibe. Like we should do some tarot and you should really think on this, you know, and gray is like, but logically like this all makes sense. Like this (laughs) is what we need to do. Uh A plus, you know, one plus two equals three. And I'm like, but I don't know. Like, what if the two is really not a two? I'm feeling something <laughs> off yeah. here, you know? Like, yeah. And when I, you feel it in your spirit, you're like, I can't go against that. I know. And so that's kind of like a, yeah, or when he was gone in Mexico. Oh my God, Jess, that's the whole time when we had the conversation with Jessica Stone. I was having all these conversations with people. And so he comes home and it's been like the longest 10 days ever. Cause I'm like, this is what's, I'm like, he like, says something. I'm like, well, I don't know. I think I'm not doing that anymore. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know? And I'm like, I'm like, I just think I need to like, go I'm silent done. for four months or whatever, you know? And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm just done with that. It's a new era, you know? And he's like, what are you like? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, um, that's kind of an issue sometimes where <laughs> I just, I have the way that I do things. I have the way that I come to my conclusions. I have the way that I parent, that I keep the home, that I make choices for what's to come next in life. And he's pretty good about writing that out. But there are definitely some times where he's just like, hold on a second. Yeah. He's like, what? Like, no, we need to do this. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. When he says, hold on. Does your like anxiety flare up? Yeah, I'm just like, no! Because <laughs> you've already made the decision in <laughs> yeah, your mind. Exactly. That's what's kind of hard. But he's like, are you sure about that? I'm like, I just don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm like all frustrated. That had that happened when, when he got back. And he's like, well, but maybe we should really consider like, maybe you can just cut back on ads like two to, I'm like, no! Yeah, and you're like, no. No, no. Because you already made yeah, the decision. So oh. that's something that I guess is like a, it's not an active continuous point of conflict but it's definitely something that can be difficult where i'm just like uh, oh yeah yeah of course and i'm very i mean and i know you and evan are kind of similar too it's like we're spiritual we're feely yeah it's feminine in that way and they're very like rigid logical masculine practical no when you were saying that i was like oh man this really like i definitely can resonate with that that's for sure yeah you know with everything from having children and procreating to everything we're just like i'm feeling it well and i think too that might have to do then with communication styles right where like we are kind of like we can be wired in the way where we'll process something internally and not be maybe sharing it for a while. And then all of a sudden when like I make up my mind Uh and someone questions it, I'm like, do you know how many stones I have unturned (laughs) or overturned to know that this is the right path for me? 
I have right. made up my mind, baby. Right. Like, this right. is what I'm doing. And right. so, like, yeah, sometimes when Evan will be like, well, hold on a second. Like, let's take a pause and think about what, you know, this could also then affect this, this, and this. And I'm just like, how dare you question my process, okay? Right. Like, I know myself and I right. know that this is what I need to do to bring ultimate peace okay well and partners can get like I'm sure I know Evan really gets you but there's also things with like girlfriends where you and I can like say two words and we're like and As you're like say no more yeah I get it you know and it's like know. <laughs> that's like kind of that like <sighs> weird I think it's like this weird womanly shit you know where you're just kind of like mm-hmm, you're yeah, like I know mm, yeah, yeah, yeah like you the, said the, the two words and that's it yeah and you're like I know exactly yeah. what what wavelength you're on yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be another word exchanged and so then when man comes we in and just goes say, you know, hold it's, on right it's I'm even as like, simple as being like I just didn't feel it it, I, it doesn't align you know I'm go, not got feeling it, girl. it. <laughs> fully get it if you're not feeling aligned then you throw that out the window that's that's garbage but that is actually something that i feel like put my male partner my my partner male or not my partner does not get Mm -hmm. and also i was listening to someone some astrologer talking about me i've been listening oh my i met of course met this astrologer on the like at the wedding thing she was like all drunk someone's cousin you find them they find me and <laughs> there you, go. you know she was like looking she's like looking at my chart she's like mm. she's like october 31st this is gonna be squared 25 degrees do you know what that means and i'm like no and she's like the toasts are about to happen find me after the toast i couldn't find her so i don't know what ugh, i don't know what but anyway it, like astrologers like have been coming out the, of the, the woodwork the to of find me and tell me i know but this like this astrologer contacted me was telling me about my chart and she was just like Oh, she said something interesting I hadn't thought about. She goes, or maybe Jessica Lenardi said this earlier this year. She said, you're, you were raised, uh, that was accepted in the way you were raised, mm-hmm. which was true. I was, my parents, if I say, like, it's not sitting well with me, doesn't feel they, right in my spirit. You. My parents, to this day, like, fully are like, they fully are, unless I was to say that about getting divorced with Gray or something like that, then they would probably be like, that's the devil. It's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, 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 none of that. But if I was to say, you know, about a financial decision, about a move, about anything like that, they if I was that. to say, mm-hmm, I feel it in my spirit or whatever. Full, yeah, full respect for that, which is really interesting. Yeah, so then when your partner goes, oh, hold on a but second. But do your, do your parents, are, are they with that or well, no? Well, so I think I have the reverse. Yeah. My parents are the opposite. Yeah. If I were to be like, it doesn't sit well, they'd be like, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> this is the way you do it. It's A to B to C. Right. You're like, I feel like we should sell the property right now. And they're like, it's in a, decline. we're in a recession. No, there's You're no not going to get top like, dollar for your house. You know, I feel like maybe it's time for me to like, take a take a year off college and like go and 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 study over Mm. here and they'd be like are you out of your mind no like that's not and Mm. evan is more like logic based in that way and his family was the exact same way in accordance to that Mm -hmm. so that's how he's a little more wired and i was always like the weirdo in my Mm -hmm. family and so i think i go in child i kick and scream and i go no I'm an adult now. Somebody pay attention to me. I yeah. know what I need. I'm like having a little bit of a temper tantrum too because I'm a little bit like, I'm an adult now. Like I know what's right for me. 
And sometimes they would mm. say they knew it was right for me and it wasn't right for me because we're very different people. Yeah. And I have good intuition and I want to trust my intuition. And when I go against my intuition and things go wrong, then I get mad and like frustrated with myself and all that. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, it's a little bit of reverse. Yeah, because when you're saying that, like my parents... I dropped out of school. I went back to school. I've been out of school. I went to school for switched my major to art. You know, it was like all over the place. And they were always really like supportive of that, which Mm. I really, really appreciate. It's definitely, I don't know what it would be like if I was with parents that didn't let me move in that way. Yeah. Love you, mom and dad. But (laughs) it, it it was y'all weren't great about that they were just they're just so not wired that way so they just didn't get it it was like they don't have that i mean sure i'm sure they do but it's not something that's turned off or it's just not something that they necessarily hold value with is that like certain intuition or whatever and some of us are like no this is how i have to live my life yeah and so yeah no i think i kind of if someone shuts it down and by no means does Evan shut it down. But he'll just be like, hey, like, have you thought about he question, this? If he questions it at like, all. Like, you don't know. Like, I get very, I hop on that quick. And he'll be like, babe, I just wanted to, you know, throw out like some potential, like, I mean, honestly, good thoughts that he'll throw out. Yeah. But I don't want to hear it sometimes. Yeah. Do you think everyone has that intuition? Like, do you think everyone has intuition like that? Or what What do you think about that? You know what? So that is an interesting question. I feel like everyone ha- like obviously has intuition. Right. But I think maybe. I mean, there's I think, always been people throughout time that are more attuned to it, right? I think some people for sure are just more in tune with their intuition, just like how some people are more in tune with their body. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I'm not in tune with my body at all, mm. but my intuition I'm in tune with, mm. you know, and I think different people just have different strengths in that way. I'm always curious about what you know I, I i'm always trying to put things in terms of like well what if it was stripped back you know like would you be in your tune with your body if you were like living in on the land where you're like like yeah. would you but maybe you would maybe you still would be less so than other people around you i'm always really curious about yeah. that kind of thing yeah that is interesting and i'm sure there are always people in communities who are the ones being like I know you all feel in your spirit like we need to take a break right now, but we don't have enough corn from the harvest in order to relax before winter. You know, like there's always those people driving things, I Mm -hmm. guess, with more analytical minds. It was so funny. I had a conversation with Abby who had been on our podcast before and he was like, imagine how little anxiety people had in the past. And I was like, bitch, no, are you kidding me? They, everything was more monumental. A bear could come in and eat I your love infant. You, Abby, but no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you, if you, if, if you didn't get a lot of rain that spring, you guys just might all starve that winter. That's like massive anxiety. Also, I was even like thinking about like being on, like being on a ship. And like a suit, like you have to use the stars to know where you're going in the goddamn ocean because there weren't any like radios or anything. And then all of a sudden when there's cloud coverage for like three days and you can't see the stars, you have no idea where you are. That's serious anxiety. We just have different types of anxiety. Yeah. It's just different versions. Well, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Like, actually, I think the issue with our anxiety now is that, like, when our, we're on our phone too much, all of a sudden we wake up with our heart beating out of our chest like a bear is going to steal our sure. infant from the tent. But there's nothing going on. Yeah. Like, everything's getting misplaced. But yeah. I'm like, no, of course people had anxiety. What are you talking about? It was about God. monumental life and death things. Jeez, no. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, that was an aside. Well, we really got into it. It's now been... Oh! Okay, well... <laughs> I was about to wrap it anyway with the memory card space. Just well, the, if you're watching on the YouTube, um, the uh, the memory card on um, my camera just died. So I guess it's time for us to wrap it up. <laughs> and with that, Broads, chat soon. Thanks for this chat. Chat soon, Broads. We love you. Oh, my God. Tune in. Finale part one. Hey. Oh, my God. That's, that's so funny. funny.